Welcome back everyone to Prospectology. I'm your host Luch and we're going to get right into episode 11. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at the Auburn Tigers and how they will fare in 2020. In 2019, they were 9-4. and four. And let me just give you a few of their key returners. Uh, quarterback Bo Nix. Wide receiver Seth Williams. Defensive tackle Tyrone Truesdale. Cornerback Roger McCreary. Safety Jamie Sherwood. And linebacker KJ Britt. So here we go with the my outlook on how they'll do in 2020, followed by my prediction, as always. So let's get right into it. Auburn Tigers come off a huge letdown last year at with a 9-4 record, losing to SEC heavy hitters, including the national champs, uh, LSU. Um, if the Tigers want to start off strong, it will have to be on the back and from their the hands of their leader and quarterback, Bo Nix, who's a sophomore. Uh, had an up-and-down year last year, uh, throwing 16 touchdown passes and 6 interceptions after being thrown in uh, as a freshman. So, uh, not too bad of a a season. Uh, not what you would like for a recruit as high as him, but uh, hopefully he'll build off that. But uh, Bo has the, the arm talent in the... Uh, very mobile. You know, he's got the mobility to get the job done, but uh, he'll quickly have to go from last year, who he was kind of a game manager, uh, to this year will have to be. He'll be looked upon to be a game changer for that for his team. Um, he'll have to do it uh, with a new group, new group up front. As uh, the only returning offense alignment is uh, uh, center Nick Brahms. Uh, uh, They lose a couple of players from the draft and then just graduation. So uh, they'll have to improve there um, in spring, or not spring ball, but in training camp and, and try to piece that offense line together to provide the best uh, protection and and just uh, last year they they kind of missed that tenacity that uh, offensive line in the SEC needs to have going up against stud powerhouse uh, defensive linemen and they just didn't have that bravado that you would like any offensive line to have not just because you're in the SEC but you want your Offensive line to kind of have like a a nastiness to them, uh, uh, a meanness to them, and they kind of lacked that last year. We'll see how they come together this year and how they piece it together. But uh, Bo Nix will have a lot of help at the wide receiver position. Um, Seth Williams returns. Uh, he'll be their number one, and uh, he looks to show out with his eyes on the NFL. Uh, I'll have a scouting report, hopefully on him sometime in a later episode. Uh, you see him on tape. He's a big-bodied wide receiver at six three, six four, two hundred and twenty-four pounds. Um, so he's able to get separation from his 
his size, but he's got some decent speed and in uh, hands. And look for him to be the main contributor, um, number one target. Uh, last year, he had 59 receptions uh, for 830 yards and eight touchdowns, which is half of Bo Nix's total total for the whole year. So uh, he Bo. Definitely looks for him as his number one and, and look for them to build a, a little bit more of a repertoire between them and comfortable comf, comfortable with each other. Uh, also, Anthony Schwartz uh, also returns and uh, him along with Eli Stove uh, will be the one, two, three punch for that Auburn offense and, and look for them to hopefully build a connection with Bo Nix, uh, just like Seth Williams already has, it seems, and uh, look for them to provide most of the spark and uh, ignite that Auburn offense. But uh, the running back position uh, should be in good hands despite uh, the transfer of uh, Jatarvius uh, Whitlow. Uh, who entered the transfer portal. Uh, we don't know where he's going yet, but uh, there's solid depth right behind him uh, with uh, sophomore DJ Williams, who uh, had 400 yards rushing and two touch- two touchdowns. So not that's with not getting too much playing time. And uh, they have a freshman uh, coming in, and he's a, he was a five-star recruit, uh, Cartavius Bigsby, and uh, he has the kind of upside that uh, eventually he'll be able to take over a game, but kind of want to ease him in uh, a little smoother coming coming into his his first season with Auburn, and uh, but he definitely has the skills to be that game changing. Uh, give him the ball and. And be that home run hitter that Auburn needs, but he he'll need some playing time. So, if as we go to the other side of the ball, um, they're missing a lot of playmakers on that defensive side of the ball. They kind of have to rebuild there uh, through recruiting and the transfer portal. Because uh, playmakers, uh, one on their defensive line, actually two of them on the defensive line, with uh, Derek Brown being drafted by the Carolina Panthers and uh, Marlon Davidson, who was their leading edge rusher last year, uh, followed by two of their top corners uh, in Noah Igbenogany and uh, Javaris Davis. So they're one, two punch at the cornerback position is is lacking not that uh, I, I feel that Roger McCreary with more playing time uh, can get get their job done he'll slide into that number one position and we'll see how the others uh, fill out and they got some experience in playmaking at the safety position with uh Jamian Sherwood uh, back there, so look for him to help out, kind of look for those two to kind of help out and uh, 
and talk and communicate with the rest of the secondary. So they should be okay there. But uh, on the defensive side of the defensive line, um, they have a lot of JUCO transfers uh, coming to the team. So they'll have some depth, but uh, they they need to rebuild that that position. Um, when I say rebuild, I mean get the young guys playing time so they can develop and see what you have. But the man up front there would uh, on the inside and on the interior would be uh, Tyron Truesdale, which I said uh, is one of their key returners coming back. And uh, it definitely hurts not to have Marlon Davidson and uh, Derek Brown because they were a big uh, vital key to that defense so but they do have some leadership coming back uh he's not the flashiest of players but uh he will be the captain of that defense and will hopefully get them all on the same page as uh KJ Brett uh not flashy does everything consistent he can uh cover not the best pass rusher but coming off the edge but he Definitely helps in the in the run game, uh, but they do have someone next to him uh, who's a sophomore this year, who will flash, and you'll see him flash more than you will see KJ Britt. Not saying that KJ Britt's a terrible player; he's he's good. But uh, Owen Papau or Papo uh, will be the linebacker who. Everyone would like K.J. Britt to be. He'll be making plays. You'll see him uh, live in the backfield. He'll be able to blitz off the edge. He'll be able to make tackles for loss. So he'll be the player that everyone would will think that he's the captain. But uh, K.J. Britt's a solid player. He'll, he'll make plays in the passing game, in the run game. But he won't have any flashy plays uh hopefully i'm wrong about that and taking a look at their schedule uh coming up to my prediction i have them going eight and four this year uh the sec is brutal every year and with everything going on we don't know how teams are kind of shaping up to to look like especially with tons of players still being on the transfer portal you can still add some very good players but I the four games I have them losing is at Georgia Georgia's gonna be pretty tough um even though they lose their starting quarterback Jake Fromm um they they always seem to have the next guy uh stepping up for them and they definitely have um one of the best they'll have one of the better defenses in in the country um They'll have playmakers at running back like they do every year. They'll have playmakers at wide receiver. Uh, Their offensive line should be fairly well. So I have them going into Athens, Georgia and getting beat by the Bulldogs. Uh, Next game I have them losing is against Texas A&M. Texas A&M the last couple of years have been sneaky because although the record hasn't said that they're any 
good or getting better. Uh, they're definitely getting they're definitely getting better. Uh, uh, Kellen Mond, um, which is their starting quarterback, look for him to kind of flatten out and kind of be more consistent, especially in bigger games, because you definitely see from some of the games last year that uh, when he shows up, it's it's he's hard to stop. And uh, their recruiting class uh, the last year or two has been phenomenal and look for them to kind of sneak up on the SEC. Not saying they're going to win the SEC. I still think that's a LSU, Alabama, Georgia, three-headed monster type of a conference, but uh, and also look for Florida on the other other side. But Texas A&M, I think, is a game they'll lose. Might not lose big, but uh, they'll lose a close one, and that's at Auburn. Uh, next, LSU, even though they have quarterback questions, uh, look for their defense and playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, like uh, Jamar Chase at wide receiver, who should be a first-round pick to bolster the LSU offense and just be a little bit too much for the Auburn secondary to to handle, especially with some new faces in that secondary and not a lot of pressure up front from some of the building blocks that Auburn will have on the defensive line. So look for LSU to beat them. Uh, not blowout fashion, even though I could see it as a blowout. I say it's a little close, but probably like a two-score game LSU wins by, especially uh, whether it's at Auburn, which it is, or at LSU. I think the LSU Tigers come in ready to play under Ed Orgeron and look for them to make some noise there. Uh, and then the last game, even though Auburn got the best of them, 48-45 to 45 last year. I think Alabama returns a lot of firepower on offense. If they can kind of settle down uh, that quarterback competition uh, between Mac Jones and Bryce Young, uh, look for them to, especially in Alabama, at Alabama they go to, it's um, one of the loudest stadiums in the country, look for them to uh, lose that game under a well-coached Nick Saban team. Uh, they'll be. It seems like every year Alabama gets loses a lot of playmakers on offense and defense, and they just replenish. They have a lot of depth and uh, a lot of top prospects, uh, first-round talent on both sides of the ball. Look for them to kind of control the game with. Uh, with the running game and later on with that big bruising offensive line of Alabama to kind of wither down the young, inexperienced uh, defensive line from Auburn and, and look for them to kind of just break down the dam later on in the game. So uh, those are the four games I have them losing. Uh, they start off against Alcorn State, which isn't uh, no disrespect to Alcorn State, but not on the same level as as Auburn. Uh, hopefully Bo Nix will get into a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, defense gets a little bit of a confidence and see some competitive 
games later on when they get to the SEC schedule. But those are the four games I have them losing. Eight and four, not where they want to be. Certainly not a terrible record, but where we expect Auburn to be. Not, it's not the best record, but still a very good record. Most teams would kill to have that record, but that's the season outlook on the Auburn Tigers. Hit me up on my Twitter. You have a team, your favorite team that you want me to take a look at and see how they're going to do in 2020, or you have a player that you'd like me to check out and do a scouting report on. Thank you guys all for listen, listening, and I'll be back Later this week with another episode of Prospectology, I'm your host, Looch. Thank you for tuning in.